You're listening to the Fantasy Alarm Fantasy Football Podcast with host Howard Bender and John Mbemba. What's going on, FA Nation? Jonathan Mbemba here with Howard Bender. Welcome to the Fantasy Alarm NFL DFS Podcast here for week eight. Howard, another week in the books from last week. We had a good week. How are you looking forward to this one going? I'm very much looking forward to this weekend as far as DFS goes, because if you look at the the NFL schedule, there's a lot of good stuff off the board. Like we don't, we already lost, you know, we had Tampa Bay against Baltimore. So we lose the Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, Leonard Fournette. We lost Lamar Jackson and Mark Andrews, even though he didn't do anything. But then you look through it here. Denver Jacksonville is a, is the London game. And so that takes off the board. Christian Kirk. Travis Etienne, it takes off uh, if you wanted to use Sutton or Judy or even the Denver defense for that matter. All you Greg Dulcich truthers out there, don't get that. But then let's even go further. You got Kansas City and the Chargers are on a bye week. Green Bay and Buffalo, that's the Sunday night game. So all the bills are off the board. And then Cincinnati and Cleveland is the Monday night game. So Jamar Chase and company. Well, Jamar Chase. I was going to say, Jamar Chase is out anyway. Joe Burrow and company. (laughs) (laughs) Well, everybody wants it to be Tyler Boyd season, but for DFS purposes on the main slate, you're going to have to use something else. So there's a lot of great talent off the board, which, to be perfectly honest, I feel like we're at more of an advantage than the layman who just relies on a lineup optimizer or buys lineups from somebody else because – This is one of those weeks where you are going to have to dig deep. There are chalk games to invest in, but there's definitely, you got to dig for some value here. I agree. Some of the obviously more stackable games that I think we're going to see on this slate, Miami, Detroit's at home off their bye. They're getting, or not off their bye, but they're at home getting three and a half here, a 51 and a half game total for them in that one. We'd obviously know the Tua returned last week. We have Arizona, Minnesota's a 48 and a half game total. Las Vegas, New Orleans, 49 and a half game total that I think people are going to be looking to key in on there as well. Yeah, and those are the three games with the highest expected point total. And none of the other games are even close. Right. Like, that's the funny thing. You're looking at Pittsburgh and Philly. Philly's in a game that says 43. Dallas is in a game against the Bears, which is 42 and a half. Four, I'm looking at 40, 44 and a half. Giants and Seahawks, 44 and a half. Yeah. But that which, opened I mean, at 46 and a half. The Seahawks were in a game that the point total wasn't 49 or over. Right. That opened at 46 and a half, and it's down to 44 and a half. So it's dropping, too. I guess everybody's investing in that Giants defense for the weekend. Yeah, or no DK Metcalf kind of impacting maybe that one a little bit. Oh, poor Marquise Goodwin, not getting any any love. But, I mean, those three games right there, if you want to talk about cash game play, obviously Tua, Tyreek, Jalen Waddle, Raheem Mostert is going to be a guy. And then even Mike Gesicki, I think, is, is worthy of looking at, especially based off of seven targets and back-to-back games. On the other side of that game, Miami's pass defense, not strong. Right. So you've got Goff and Amon Ross St. Brown, if he gets cleared, but he will. DeAndre Swift should be back and TJ Hawkinson. So you've got guys who are in that game who cash game usable, obviously, because the ownership projections are going to put them all as being very highly owned. Yeah, I think it's going to be interesting to see how some of the roster builds are going to come into those games as well. My biggest issue, and we'll get to obviously the running backs, and but just you hit on Detroit, you mentioned Swift. They are very cautious with DeAndre Swift. Even when he's practicing and cleared, whenever he's coming back from an injury, 
they don't give him like that full workload. They're very comfortable using Jamal Williams, very comfortable using Craig Reynolds back there. But the only time we get like a full snap share for DeAndre Swift, it seems like is game one. And <laughs> they're like ready to go. And he gets up with a minor injury and oh, he's feeling great. But what was the last time? He practiced in full. They said they're going to get him involved and he played like 25% of the offensive snaps and we're all like, oh, we got duped again by how they're using that. So running back will be interesting. Let's kick it off at quarterback because we're missing a lot of those top guys, like you mentioned. Now, obviously Jalen Hurts is going to be a very popular option, I think, this week for those looking to spend up. Generally, it's Josh Allen. Jalen Hurts is sort of filling in that Josh Allen role this week. Great matchup at home against Pittsburgh. They're off their bye week, so they're fresh at home. It's a 10.5 point spread here, which can obviously be a little bit worrisome, but with the rushing upside, it's going to be there. You can throw the football a little bit on this Pittsburgh defense. So spending up, you got Jalen Hurts, and then it's Tua. I think those are just the two chalk monsters of the quarterback position here yeah i mean i think kyler murray and kirk cousins are gonna warrant some some ownership i'm actually looking at probably over on on DraftKings, aren't you i am yes so all right so i'm looking over at FanDuel here as well and it, like hertz is the most expensive guy followed up by murray and cousins and Tua actually fourth on that list at 7,700. Yeah, Tua's fourth on DraftKings. Dak Prescott's actually ahead of him. Kyler Murray is second at 7,500. Listen, I like what DeAndre Hopkins coming back did for Kyler Murray, but that offense is still garbage, right? Like, they're, they're, yeah. like it's great for DeAndre Hopkins. I really like DeAndre Hopkins this week. When we get to wide receiver, especially on DraftKings, his price is very reasonable. Very surprised he's not up over $8,000 after how he was with his debut performance there. But... I can't trust Arizona's offense to be good enough. This is a, a, maybe another week where they can get Robbie Anderson involved. They didn't play too much, obviously, on the short week for him in that game. And, and maybe that help ex helps expand some of the offense there for Arizona. But they, he just hasn't looked great. You have Minnesota at home. They're coming off of their bye week. So I know there's a high total here, but I just get a little bit worried about putting my eggs in the Kyler Murray basket. Yeah, no. Hertz and two are going to be my lock-in cash game plays probably for, for building lines lineups there and then working off of those two for possible gpp play as well so like those are probably the other like, like the two most important quarterbacks that you need to know so let's kind of move down further i have no interest in stafford car i have limited interest in i don't see i think car is, a, is an intriguing guy but it's tough, man. I mean, we haven't seen that ceiling from him in a while, and that's kind of what I want to see out of him. But maybe in Josh McDaniel's offense, he's just not that guy. Maybe he's cash viable and not really uh, sitting with a lot of GPP upside. Yeah, hard to trust a quarterback that has a running back that's run for 140, 140, and 150 yards. Is Josh Jacobs going to be able to run against the Saints defense? Historically speaking, the Saints run defense has been very strong. So so is that going to hinder Josh Jacobs' performance this week at all? But you're right. Outside of Carr, Adams' connection, there hasn't been a going on in that passing offense. So I, I do worry a little bit about that as well. And that's because, I, and that kind of brings me to the state of this quarterback position, I don't know if there's that true value that we've seen in past weeks. Like, there are obviously guys down here that I think could be interesting. I think Marcus Mariota at $5,400 against Carroll could be appealing, kind of just sort of given the spot that they're in here. Howard, if Carolina wins this week and Las Vegas beats the New Orleans Saints, the Carolina Panthers are the top seed in the nfc west nfc south this as it would stand at following week eight with tampa bay's loss so as a that is a brutal division it could be playing for the top of the division this i think mariota's mobility is something to covet a little bit in this type of matchup and 
even though I've said it week in week, Arthur Smith's getting criticized about his play calling and lack of usage of his top guys. Maybe that opens it up a little bit more here this week with Kyle Pitts and Drake London getting more involved. So again, if we're looking at value, I mean, sure, Jared Goff will probably get a lot of Mariota, I think certainly fits the bill here a little bit as well. But doesn't it bother you that Mariota throws the ball 10 times a game? No, because I just, well, I mean, like I just said, I think his mobility helps him a little bit there. Like, again, he had 24 fantasy points against San Francisco throwing 14 times, right? Like, this is a guy that, that will run for yardage. He'll run for touchdowns. I think both of those are fine. 31, 50, and 61 rushing yards the last three games. 19, 24, and just 12 fantasy points against Cincinnati. But like I said, I think in that Cincinnati matchup, I'm hopeful Arthur Smith is hearing a little bit more of the criticism. And maybe now that there's a reality that, they could be a playoff team this year. This is a matchup against a Carolina team that I think that there's a there's an opportunity for Mariota to be at a ceiling-ish level. So, you know, at 5,400, if he gives us what he gave us against Seattle, 17, or Tampa Bay, 18, or San Francisco, 24, that is more than enough. And he's a guy that you don't have to stack, per se. You can kind of loan dog Mariota if you wanted to go there because of his... Yeah, I get it. I just, I, you know what? I just, for... Even for GPP upside, I mean, yeah, I, I get it. You use him naked and he pays off that salary and it kind of helps you out a little bit. I just, I don't like that. I don't think the guy has a decent ceiling. I would rather go lower and take Davis Mills in this matchup with Tennessee because okay. I think that Tennessee runs heavy. I mean, we're going to have to see what happens with Ryan Tannehill, but I think Tennessee runs heavy with Derrick Henry the entire time. Houston's run oh. defense is atrocious. They fall behind. It's going to put Davis Mills into a pass-heavy situation at 5,200 over on, on DraftKings. And where is he over on FanDuel? He's, oh, yeah. Oh, look at that. 6,500 My problem with Davis Mills is that we don't know the statuses here of Collins and Cooks, right? <clears throat> Those Cooks we know, right? Cooks, Cooks is fine. Collins is the guy who's probably not going to. I'm pretty sure that we know that Collins isn't playing. Right, but Cooks had missed practice back-to-back days. Did he finally return? He was. Yeah, I'm looking. I'm looking at him right now. I mean, I, there's no real recent update on him, but there's no injury tag on yeah, him Yeah, he had missed due to, like, personal reasons. So, like, I don't know if this is, like, a trade with Brandon Cooks. So let's see. Well, then get yourself some Philip Dorsett. Well, yeah, I mean, we're going to talk about that in a moment. I was already <laughs> in on Dorsett anyways because he played 56% of the snaps last week after Collins went out. So that's why, yeah, receivers... <laughs> Most recent update, I just typing in, type his name in there. Receivers coach Ben McDaniels makes vague statements on Brandon Cooks' availability. So I don't know what that means. Right? <laughs> like, some, something to at least watch going into Sunday is there there is a potential, and obviously you don't have to lock in your lineups today, so you can have that news at your disposal come Sunday morning when you're making these lineups. But yeah, just be on the aware that Brandon Cooks could be on the way out there in uh, in Houston. So. If he pops up on an inactive because they're working out trades, that certainly would not shock me there. So, anyways, so yeah, again, not a lot, I'm, not I'm a just, lot of great value. No, not a lot of great value. <laughs> so I'm not touching any of the New England guys against the Jets. I can't trust that. Andy Dalton was named the starter against Las Vegas, but I mean, how much are we trusting Andy Dalton these days to, to throw the football? Right. Well, I don't think you, you you can't because they keep using Taysom Hill in these red zone packages. Right. Like, how many times do I have to sit there and try and invest in Saints for a DFS weekend just to watch Taysom Hill shove it up my ass a hundred times? <laughs> right. Right. I have zero, zero interest. Zero. I have more interest in using Kenny Pickett for garbage time than I do for Andy Dalton in a competitive game. Would you play Gino? Not Gino. Daniel Jones? 
Would you play either quarterback in that match? I would play Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones gives you that rushing ability. And I think that's something that I think is highly underrated. I think that he's very confident with the short passing game right now. I think that Wondell Robinson offers him a very nice out for the quick short timing routes. And that builds his confidence and it allows him to now have that confidence to, to take off and run. I would use Daniel Jones. I don't necessarily know if I want to use Geno Smith. I do like that Giants defense a little bit, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'd rather use Sam Ellinger for the min price. (laughs) The last one I'll throw out to you is Jimmy G. 18 and 21 fantasy points the last three weeks. Gets this matchup against the Rams. We know that Shanahan has destroyed the Rams basically over the last handful of seasons here. He had CMC another week for him to get involved in the offense. Any thoughts on that one? Yeah, I mean, listen, obviously, again, Jimmy is the kind of guy who I think now with CMC and, and Shanahan having CMC and having the, uh, I don't know what Debo's going to, if Debo's going to be around or he's going to be available, that does take a weapon away from Garoppolo. So if, if Jimmy, uh, yes, he can dump off passes to McCaffrey, but if he doesn't have Debo, you've got Ayuk, you've got Kittle. But you do lose a certain passing element. I guess you know what it is. I look at Jimmy G and I against the Rams, and I don't. I just don't know if we're looking at Jimmy G against the Rams popping off for like huge point totals. Sure, that's fine. Well, let's go to running back position. You alluded to already, but Houston. Don't even want to talk Sam Ellinger. That's so hurtful. No, I have no interest. You alluded to Derrick Henry in this matchup against Houston. There was a tweet that went out the other day. The last three games that Derrick Henry has faced Houston. Now he didn't face him last year because he was hurt. So we're going back now. Two and three seasons ago. Last three games, over 200 yards rushing in each of those three games. Two of those games, he had two touchdowns as well. We obviously know as Derrick Henry, as the season warms up or goes further on to the months, Derrick Henry's numbers start to pick up. His second half numbers are ridiculous. Teams just don't want to tackle him anymore once we get into the fall and winter. Now, again, this is in Houston. It's in a dome. Weather's not going to be a problem here, but... Derrick Henry is running over everybody, and you look at his numbers of late, 128, 102, 114 yards the last three weeks. He is going to be in every lineup. My lone worry, I guess, is just that this has a 40 game. So, I mean, I guess Henry is sort of blow-up proof because they run the football if they go up enough, so like he'll still get the garbage time. Yardage is not like a receiver or a quarterback that you have to worry about. So this is a week where if you're not playing Derrick Henry – you're probably very behind everybody if he does what people expect him to do. Why don't you just talk about that King of the Beach tournament that I was in again, dude? Why don't you bring that up? I wasn't bring it up. I wasn't going to bring it up. We, but honestly, <laughs> like the same scenario where it's like, this is a can't miss, must play Derrick Henry spot. Fading him. If you're in like a 20 max, sure. Like you're not going to have 100% exposure to Derrick Henry. If you're in a three max, maybe one of your three lineups, you don't play Derrick Henry. But like last week, Howard, on this podcast, I wish I made a a compilation, right? What did I say the three running backs were going to be? Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Kenneth Walker. Put it in the lineup. I said, that's how you're building your lineups this week. RB1, RB2, RB3 last week in scoring. Those were the example lineup we built. I think we had all three of them in there, right? Like, so like that, this week is that level. It's like Josh Jacobs can't miss last week against Houston, 150 yards. Derrick Henry is a can't miss this week against Houston. Has to be in your lineup. Doesn't matter how the ownership's going to be. Injury, knock on wood, isn't going to happen. But, like, that's the only thing I think that is stopping Derrick Henry in this matchup against Houston. 
I would concur. I think that's that's literally the only thing stopping him. I mean, he's he, to me, he's a lock play. You have to, and it sucks that he's ten grand on Fanduel, but. To me, for cash game play, you have to lock him in there. And for GPP tournaments, he's going to be really highly owned as well. So you're going to probably have to jump in on that action. Yeah, I think Jacob's what do you have, 38% roster ship last week. So, which still felt a little low in, in a spot that everybody was, he was the cover of every DFS piece across the industry, right? So very surprised he was only a third owned in these contests there personally, but, and at a much better price than Henry is this week as well. You got to play Henry. If we're going down, how are, what are your thoughts on sort of like that next running back for you? That next running back for me. After Derrick Henry? Yeah. Well, should be Saquon Barkley, right? In theory, I think so. In theory, yeah, I would say so. Barkley against Seattle, I think, is a is a great spot for him to be in. I'm not really into Jonathan Taylor all that much. I mean, there's just there's a lot that we need to see as far as how this how this team goes. I mean, you could if they're gonna see the thing about Ellinger is that he does have a rushing element. If you look at his college numbers, I mean, dude ran the ball a ton. So does that kind of spark this offense a little bit and does that maybe take some of the the notion of stacking the box and worrying about taylor does that take it off the table for washington i'm not really not loving on taylor too much i like delvin cook against arizona i think that's a fine play josh jacobs being banged up doesn't really appeal to me all that much swift against miami could if he gets those those touches. Yeah. But I mean, listen, if I'm looking down at this list, it's like I'm going from Henry and Barkley confidently, and, and I'm probably not looking at another guy confidently until we get down towards like Kenneth Walker, Damian Pierce, Tony Pollard. So that's your other chalk guy this week is everybody's going to be playing Tony Pollard. More reports came out today. Unlikely Ezekiel Elliott suits up. This is what you've been waiting for, Tony Pollard truthers, right? Like, this is your shining star. This is your moment. Elliott played through the torn PCL last year, so you didn't really get that full workload from Tony Pollard. Well, if Elliott's not playing, he gets a Chicago Bears run defense, which is one of the worst in football, and Tony Pollard is going to be the guy getting 75% of the offensive snaps here. If he doesn't come through for you, you're going to be... You got to look at yourself in the mirror a little bit here and wonder what's going on. So, yes, $6,100 for, for on DraftKings for Tony Pollard. What's his FanDuel cost? Pollard on FanDuel is 6300 I mean, you have to play him at 6300 on FanDuel. That is, I mean, you got to play him on DraftKings as well. But the 6300 FanDuel price is very appealing, kind of given the price of everything else that goes on over there. I, yeah, agree, I, with mean, you. Just... I agree with you on Kenneth Walker. And I think Alvin Kamara is still worth the look. Again, Dalton's thrown to him just a ton. Nine targets last game, nine targets a game before that. We're getting Drew Brees level pass, p- passing game involvement for Alvin Kamara here. Yeah, we are. But, I mean, has that resulted in, in any end zone dancing? No, I mean, touchdowns aren't there, but 27, 18, and 17 fantasy points still the last three weeks. Right. But, I mean, is that what you're, is that what you're aiming for when you're paying up? Well, so here's how I, here's how I look at it, right? He's 7,100, so he's definitely in, like, the second tier of spend-ups for running backs. Right. If he's not scoring and giving you 27, 18, and 17, if the touchdown luck does flip his way then in a GPP, he's now giving you 30, 25 in that range. So I like him just for the fact that without scoring, he's giving you all of that production. If he scores, 
he's really putting you over the top. So that, that's how I'm looking at with Alvin Kamara, especially if, uh, on DraftKings, full PPR. Right. You're getting all that points just in, in receptions. So, and we know how bad the Saints defense has been. So like they're giving up a lot of points, which means they have to constantly be chasing and it's not taking Kamara away. Though it was super frustrating against Arizona last week. Red zone, they had Ingram in there. And I'm like, why is Ingram in the game here like and that's what i'm talking about they once they get into the red zone for whatever reason like i I guess it's pete carmichael the offensive coordinator whatever he's got his head up his ass because you run uh, this great offense that takes you 80 yards down the field you get to the 20 and all of a sudden you're like now you're gonna get all cute yeah now you're gonna now you're gonna run mark ingram now you're gonna run Taysom hill packages now you're gonna have andy dalton throwing to raheem shaheem i mean what the fuck is going on here where's your bread and butter and why aren't you using it when it matters the most that's my biggest problem with the saints because i think now I think I've tried to play around with a Saints stack like three times, once last year, twice this year, and each time it's like you just you don't know where they're going in the in the red inside the red zone. So it kind of unnerves me. Maybe Kamara's fine in like a cash game play sure. because of all this this pass catching work that he is getting on DraftKings, fine. Mm-hmm. If I'm looking for a guy who's going to get into the end zone, I can't I just can't predict New Orleans, and that's my problem. Sure. That's totally, totally fair. I'm just looking at receptions allowed. So here's an interesting thing. To the running back position this year, the Raiders are allowing the most receptions to running backs. So interesting. Take, take that for what you will as well. I will. Well, I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at their DVOA is 23rd against running back pass plays, giving up an average of eight targets per game to the running backs for an average of 55 yards. So now you add in an elite pass catching running back like Alan Kamara and we'll see what happens. So again, I, I like Kamara there, $7,100 on DraftKings. Definitely the second tier, I guess, of pricing there. Pollard's great, as I mentioned. Pierce for sure. I think you can kind of go back and forth on him. He is just the Houston offense at this point. Kenneth Walker will be super popular. I think Miles Sanders, if you're not playing Jalen Hurts, Miles Sanders is an interesting spot. Pittsburgh run defense is terrible. Sanders is actually scoring touchdowns this year. He's already got four. He's been good. He's been not so good at times. That's kind of the the if and go with Sanders. But if you're not playing Jalen Hurts in this game, Sanders is a GPP option. He does have a 30-point fantasy game on his ledger this year. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And listen, I wouldn't even mind if I was thinking about doing an Eagles stack of using Hertz and Sanders together with like AJ Brown or Devonta Smith or Dallas Goddard. And just kind of because you look at the potential of the game script to be a heavy run in the second half, if they're up against, if they're up big on Pittsburgh, and then that just, that means that hopefully Hertz did some damage in the first half. Right. And Miles Sanders picks up the, the mop up work in the second. Sure. Under 6K, you mentioned Mostert earlier. I uh, love Mostert. And I, and I wonder if he goes overlooked because everybody's playing the passing game. You know, everybody's playing Hill, Waddle, Tua, and you're not, you're not generally stacking the running back with that sort of game stack there. But recent targets for him last game, four catches, five targets. The rushing numbers have been fine. He found the end zone against the Jets. He, more touchdowns again. You'd like to see more touchdowns out of these guys. But it is a great spot against Detroit for him. Yeah, oh, he's in a fantastic spot against Detroit. After that, I don't know, man. You were in on Brian Robinson last week. Again, not impressive from a yards per carry standpoint, but he got 20 carries. So volume is there, right? Volume is there. That So that that kind of – I guess I'm not as into him this week as I was last week, just the matchup against the Colts. But I do look further down. You got to give Deonta Foreman a look against Atlanta, especially if 
Chuba Hubbard's going to be out. Yep. Already ruled out Chuba, so you got to go with Donta. I agree with you at 53. Didn't start last game, but Chuba got hurt. He came in 15 for 118. So certainly encouraging here. I don't know what to expect from Carroll. Like, nobody expected them to win that game. So, like, was that just them riding on this sort of, like, wave of momentum versus also running into a Tampa Bay team that is just completely out of it at this point now. But, you know, at the very least, we got to think that they're going to be looking to run a lot with Foreman there as well. Let's see, where else would we go? Does it hurt you to see Tom Brady struggling so much now? No, because Tom Brady isn't struggling. The team around him is struggling. So I've been debating Tom's this. Fine. I've been debating I'm this fine. all day. He's not, he's not overthrowing anybody at all. No, he's not. Did you see them drop the pass Mike Evans dropped last night, two nights ago, or two weeks ago, rather, against Carolina? Two, a week ago. Yeah, I saw that. Absolutely. I'm talking about last night. I watched him overthrow at least four guys in the inside the red zone. I don't, I don't think uh, all of that's uh, been his fault. They also had the play where Ingram or Evans ran the wrong route and Brady almost got picked because of it when they yeah, were in the take, end zone. Take so. Tom Brady's nutsack out of your mouth. I think he uh, was over he was overthrowing. There's no the timing is off with these guys. Well, that I agree with. I agree there's some timing off there. He has the still though, he has the fastest uh, pocket in the NFL. 2.1 seconds from snap to release. So, still out there slinging it. Finalized his divorce today. Maybe now that's over with he'll he'll no longer have that weighing on his mind. Let's uh, talk wide receivers. Yeah, I was going to say, no other value running backs for you, right? There's not, nothing nope. out there? All right. No wide receivers, then. Top guys. Justin Jefferson, yep. Devontae Adams. Tyreek Hill. All pale in comparison to Tyreek Hill. Yeah. Everybody likes Tyreek Hill this week against Detroit. Listen, you can play Cooper Cup. Like, as bad as the Rams have been, he's been great. And he had 29 fantasy points against San Francisco in that first meeting. So, yeah. they just don't know how to cover Cooper Cup there. If you want to, certainly. He may even go overlooked this week because you can't fit him. You can't put him in your lineup anywhere so 9600 on DraftKings. it's that's pretty crazy yep i agree with you there and he's 93 yeah very expensive again i feel the same way about jefferson i think jefferson's a great pivot play he's just more expensive obviously so you have to spend up a little bit of money to get jefferson but target share great spot i think for him against I feel the same way about adams with no Lattimore likely for the saints here if he's good to go he's missed a couple practices with an illness but like you mentioned, everybody's going to be in a Tyreek. A.J. Brown's going to be popular here. DeAndre Hopkins, for me, is a core play. $7,400 against Minnesota. Like, I just... They played him, I think it was 48% of his snaps came out of the slot in that game last week. So, like, if that's what their plan is for DeAndre Hopkins, I think that's great. It allows them to move him around in a lot of different formations and work for him to get open. And clearly, he's Kyler Murray's guy. He comes back in after missing six weeks. He gets 14 targets. So, 7400 for Hopkins. He's only going to go up from price from here. Yeah. Oh, I'm with you on Hopkins. I think they're going to continue to force feed targets his way. No doubt about it. I like AJ Brown, obviously against Pittsburgh, but yeah, I'll, I'll keep cruising down. A lot of questionable guys like that, that I'm wondering how much we're going to, we're going to see people kind of pivot off of certain players because of their questionable status. I'm talking like I'm on Ross St. Brown. I'm talking about Jalen Waddle. Yep. I agree with you. Yeah, Waddle, I think, is fine. They're, they've been just kind of monitoring that shoulder problem, but he played last week. The St. Brown one, obviously, he's got to clear the concussion. It was concussion, right, that he's trying to clear. Yeah, right, but so. he didn't have a concussion, they say. Yeah. He's shown no symptoms of concussion at all, yet he hasn't been cleared by a by an independent neurologist yet, and he was, he was in a can't-touch-me jersey at practice. Yeah, it was a Teddy Bridgewater thing, right? Didn't suffer a concussion. They still made him sit out a week. So we'll see what happens. Like you mentioned, scrolling down, Devonta Smith, good pivot off of A.J. Brown if you want to go there. We've had some pretty explosive weeks out of him. Adam Thielen is still 
a touchdown machine for this team. Touchdown last week. He's got a two on the year already. Good numbers uh, out of him in this spot. If you think that game's going to go a little bit of back and forth. Today's the number one target there in New Orleans against Las Vegas. We talked about how bad their pass has been. If Brandon Cooks is healthy, I'm fine with it because the target share has been great. So this is a good low 6K to 5K range. Yeah, it is. And you listen, you skipped over Brandon Ayuk. You didn't even mention Terry McLaurin. Yeah, I don't have interest in them, but that's fine. If Samuel's out, I'll play Ayuk. We'll have to wait on the Samuel news. Debo's. Yeah, we'll have to wait on the Samuel news and see what happens. But even when Debo Samuel was playing last week, Ayuk still did well. Yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like a lot of that was sort of game. Again, they were in a shootout against. I guess it depends on what you think this game flow is going to be like, right? If, if you yeah. think it's going to go back and forth, that's fine. The game total was obviously much higher last week against the Chiefs. This one's only 42 and a half. So I right might on. be a little bit contrarian there. So just I don't mind it. Uh, you're right. The recent performances lends him a reason to, to be there. I find that very funny about you. Like well, you'll sit here and you'll quote target numbers from the last two weeks about a bunch of players and then you'll completely ignore what other players have done over their last two games. Well, game flow matters to me, too. Though. Game flow definitely matters. And there are a lot of times where you're like, oh, this guy got all these targets, blah, blah, blah. Well, that was the game flow. Right. But there are matchups versus <laughs> – there are different circumstances when we tout target share. I feel like these were instances where he got 11 targets in those games. They were playing from behind the whole time against Atlanta. They were playing from behind the whole time against Kansas City. So there are – Historically speaking, this isn't a matchup where we would expect them to be playing from behind. They beat them 24-9 in that first game. He only had four targets in that one. They ran the ball a ton. So we'll see. Right. If you think this is going to be a competitive back-and-forth game and Debo's out, Ayuk is fine at 61. I won't sit there and debate you on the recent performances out of him. I don't, yeah, uh, just DJ, Moore got into, DJ Moore got into the end zone last week. Are you ready to start investing in him? So, the, the I mean, you want to talk target share. He had like 70% of the targets by PJ Walker or something like that. Like the bridge only threw to DJ Moore when they were throwing the football. So he's not my favorite spot, but if you're, if that's the volume he's going to get, sure. I just don't know how long we can trust Walker to be a, again, was it a perfect storm situation last week where the thing they were just kind of riding the high or is DJ Moore going to be that guy? He got 10 of the 22 pass attempts that Walker threw last week. So Right. Well, I mean, and that's, I think that's something that we need to point out as well to people because we sit there and talk about target share, but people sit there talking about target share for Drake London and for Kyle Pitts. And I'm like, fucking Mariota throws 10 times a game. Right. So of course the target share, PJ Walker threw 22 times. That's it. 22. Now, did 10 of those go to DJ Moore? Yes, because they don't have anybody else. Right. And so that that's an eyeball thing. But guys with high target shares on offenses that don't really throw the ball too much, that's something that, that I think a lot of people overlook. I think that a lot of people quote target share numbers for a lot of players without putting it in the right context. So I'm not going to say that I do have a sound clip that I'm waiting till the end of the year to kind of victory lap on, but uh, there is a sound clip of me saying exactly what you just said on SiriusXM for why I had zero Kyle Pitts shares. Because I didn't think Marcus Mariota was going to throw the football at all. And right. I said the exact thing you said. I'm like, everybody's talking about target share. He's going to have all the target share. I'm like, what good is 35% target share of 15 passes? I literally say that. Who cares? Who cares what seven targets are, right? Like, it doesn't matter. So, I, yeah, I got that one in the vault. If it, if it holds true through the rest of the season, that will be coming out come week 18 of like, yeah, man, 
All of you people out there who, not to go on a side tangent while we're doing this, but it, circumstances matter. Situations that people are in matter. You gotta, you can't look at what Kyle Pitts did last year and Matt Ryan and be like, oh my God, this is going to be the year for him. Really? Because they just got a quarterback that career high pass attempts in a single season was 400, right? Like Matt Ryan was on 600 times. The whole situation has changed. There's a lot of fantasy football takes out there that don't take actual real football into account. They care too much about what they think the perceived sabermetrics are of players. And that's... Well, that's why I worry about a guy like DJ Moore. 40% target share last week, 36.8% the week before that. I mean, his target share looks fantastic. 31% this week, 20% this week. That's great. But, I mean, is that coming out to more than six, half a dozen targets? Right. And the quarterback sucks. So and what is the quarterback that? sucks. That was that was again the tweet I sent out when they traded for Baker Mayfield. I was like, DJ Moore, stock going up, stock going up. I'm like, here's just a little quick note that Baker Mayfield had the third highest bad throw percentage in the NFL last year. So and hey, what do you know? DJ Moore was horrible, so was Baker Mayfield. Anyways. We shouted you out on the lightning round podcast the other day. Did you? That I did with them. Coop and I were talking about because obviously Kevin Tompkins is a huge DJ Moore stan. Yeah. And we started talking about Carolina, I think, and Coop mentioned you with Baker Mayfield and him sucking, and we talked about the whole target share thing as well. So yep. beautiful, love it, Good Lo- stuff. love it. Allen Robinson, Howard, for the bye week, five catches, touchdown, sixty-three yards, signs of life, or what are, you, what are we? How are we feeling about Mr. Ray Rob here? I'm pretty ambivalent about him. I mean, the 49ers, We'll see what happens with the health of their secondary, but from everything that I've heard, Charvarius Ward is fine. Jimmy Ward is fine. Hufanga, their strong safety, is fine. So all of a sudden, it becomes a little bit more of a tenuous situation in that secondary. So I just again, I don't know if I can buy into Allen Robinson anymore. I just can't do it. Yep, that's fine. Other guys in this low 5K range, after the game last week against against Detroit, the Cowboys offensive coordinator blanket on the name there momentarily, said they got to do better about job of getting Michael Gallup involved sooner. He only had two targets last week, got zero fantasy points. We'll see if they actually do turn that around this week. He's a potential post-hype play here at 5K. Didn't move his price tag at all. Darnell Mooney, to me, opposite is actually pretty interesting here. We talk all the time, Diggs gives up big plays, right? Mooney is a downfield guy. It only takes one play from Fields to Mooney to hit for him to hit bingo at $4,800. So I think in some GPPs this week, you want to throw a dart throw on Darnell Mooney? I'm I'm in. I'm okay with that as well for exact same reason. I actually talked about that the other day. Trevon Diggs gives up those big plays because he loves to jump the routes. Justin Fields definitely feeling himself a little bit right now. So, sure. <laughs> yeah, I dig that play. 4,700, dude. I can't get enough of Wondell Robinson. I got to yep. be honest. I think him and Slayton, I know that Seattle doesn't give up a lot of points to the wide receivers, but with Daniel Bellinger being out and not really a whole lot of confidence in their tight end situation, I think it's a lot of passes, short passes to Saquon Barkley, but I think those short, quick timing routes – to Wandell Robinson is really, I think that's going to be a bread and butter move this week. Yeah, I tried to tell this to Coop last week in our podcast where he was down on Wandale because he only played 23% of the snaps in his first game back. I'm like, yeah, man, they're going to ramp him up. They're going to get him back in. They got his feet wet. Week two, what did he play? 
86% of the snaps last week. He's the, he's the he's their wide receiver one. They're going to play him nonstop out there. And like you said, no no Ballinger now. I'm with you there. $4,700. I'm more in on Wandale than Slayton, but Slayton is certainly more of a downfield guy for them too. So if they do have some big plays, as long as he can actually hold on to the football, there's an opportunity for him to kind of have a long touchdown there as well. How are you? What are you feeling on these? We didn't talk about Pittman, but Pierce, Campbell, those guys all played like 100% of the offensive snaps last week. Ellinger, of course, is now the quarterback, though. So do you have any interest at all in this indie receiving group? We know how bad Washington secondary is. Do you have uh, – Washington secondary is bad. I, I just don't know what Ellinger is going to be like in his first game. I do Listen, I have some confidence in him because this Washington secondary is bad. And with the pass rush that Washington has, it, it could inspire Ellinger to do a little bit more running. The way I kind of looked at it was – and I've talked to a lot of people about this for season long as well – and, like, I'll still look to Michael Pittman. If Ellinger needs – he's going to be the guy he needs to have that rapport with Michael Pittman. He needs to have that rapport. So I think Pittman is fine. I think if you're going to try and see if Ellinger is the guy who you want moving forward as your quarterback, if you're Indianapolis, then obviously you're trying to build up a relationship with him and Alec Pierce. Right. Kind of puts Paris Campbell on the outside looking in for me. I mean, great, he vibed with Matt Ryan, and he's gotten into the end zone thanks to Matt Ryan, but this is a totally different story. I'll tell you what, one of the things, and I've, and I've touted this for years, and it's amazing how many people continuously overlook it. When you have a change at quarterback, the youngster who takes over under center, when the shit comes down in a game, he starts to look for the guys he knows the best. And he hasn't had time. He's had this week, and only this week, to work with Pittman and Paris Campbell and even Alec Pierce to a certain extent. Sure. Mike Strawn, spelled S-T-R-A-C-H-A-N, for like no money. No money whatsoever. That's a guy who I'm actually kind of looking into as like a GPP dart throw. Just saying. Ah. I mean, I'm sure hoping that you say that you hate it. I mean, he isn't anybody that has played, <laughs> so like, is it would be something if he was to start cracking the lineup. He's played nine total offensive snaps this year, so for him to Mike, Str- no, you, no, what are you talking about, dude? All right, so Strawn, twelve percent of the snaps in Week One, seventy percent of the snaps with Michael Pittman out in Week Two. Uh... Pittman came back; he went back to eight percent, fourteen percent in Week Four. in week five, 23% in week six, and then back down to 3% in week Uh, eight. Well, football reference has, is just like not registering numbers for him then. (laughs) I guess that's where, I guess that's where the problem lies. So, yeah. So I'm looking at snap counts right now from our friends over at football guys. Sure. It's a very trustworthy source. I know Drew Davenport very well, so I am good with football guys here. That's fine. Works for me. So I like listen, he's only played he's only played 89 snaps all year to 438 for Pittman and 433 for Campbell, 270 for Pierce. If you're gonna spread the field at all and you wanna get your rookie quarterback comfortable when he's running around and he's scrambling and he's looking downfield, he's looking for the guy who he knows where he's going. He knows where Strawn is going. Right. Just something like that, to me, that's a deep, deep GPP play. Sure. 
I, I, listen, I trust you on it. You're again, we do talk a lot about where these guys go and who they're comfortable with. So no arguments, no arguments here. I'll throw, just throw dart throws at, at the Patriots guys. Again, Mac Jones is going to be the quarterback. They've already announced that today. Devontae Parker has seen a decent target share of late. I know you hate Devontae Parker, but again, the numbers for him have actually been pretty decent lately with the 11 targets the last two weeks. But John, Tyquan Thornton, everybody loves Tyquan Thornton. Yeah, I mean, Thornton's a deep guy, though, right? You're going to get those consistent looks, I think, from Parker. Parker's been getting downfield throws, too. Jacoby Myers is a little expensive, but he's the number one. You can go Thornton. He had one catch. He had five targets last week. He's fast. He's going to go downfield. They want these guys taking shots downfield. So I don't hate it, but it's got to be a one of 20 lineup and not a one of three or one of one for me. So I got nobody else though. Do you have any other receivers you're interested in? Well, we talked a little Philip Dorsett. I definitely think that he is somebody you can pay down for marquise goodwin if 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 tyler lockett plays he's going to command the uh, the majority of attention downfield so i think that uh, that's an intriguing i wish he was cheaper though that's my problem he's pretty cheap on fanduel i don't know what he is he's 44 on DraftKings. he's 44 on DraftKings. yeah he's 56 on 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 fanduel yeah so I wish he was a little bit cheaper. Obviously, he was under. He was 3,400 last week. He's, so he's 44 this week. But we talked about no Corey Davis. If Elijah Moore doesn't play, does play, whatever status he has on that team. But Braxton Berrios is 3,700. Yep. You know. Braxton Berrios, he's 5,200 on, on FanDuel. I, I think Berrios gets on the field anyways with Corey Davis out. Just given the yeah. way the snap share that those guys have had. So could be a sneaky play there for Berrios at $3,700. What about Terrace Marshall Jr.? Does he intrigue you in any way at all? I don't know. I don't really want to put too much investment into this Panthers offense, even though they won. Like, give me the running back. That's fine. If you want to throw DJ Moore out there, okay. But, you know, LaVisca Chanel, Terrace Marshall, like, I don't want Terrace to. Marshall played 86% of the snaps last week, John. Yeah, I know. But, again, he only threw 22 times, and half of those went to uh, DJ Moore. Right. So? No, no, I'm good. If you want to play, go ahead. I'm out. <laughs> no upside for that. If Waddle sits, Cedric Wilson's at thirty three hundred. Could be a, could be an interesting little yeah. fill in. If Tyreek Hill sits, not Tyreek. If if Ty, Tyler Lockett sits, D Eskridge. Sure. Is Lockett questionable? I know he's been dealing with a banged up little injury. Oh, he's, he doesn't have any tag on him. That's why I wasn't sure. Dorsett will be very popular though. Again, we talked about it. he played fifty six percent of the offensive snaps last week. He caught a touchdown pass. He's thirty two hundred. So yep. he'll probably be in a lot of lineups just because you're going to need to find some value here. All right, let's go to tight end. Kittle's at the top against the Rams. Let's not. Yeah, Kittle's at the top. <laughs> Waller, Ertz, Goddard, Hawkinson, Higby. Like, not a lot of great things. Higby did have that target share going for him for a little bit. But I guess talking with Coop last week, they had him actually block a lot more. Or two weeks ago, rather. So maybe the bye week, they can... They'll change some of that. Goddard is fine, the target share-wise. Ertz is fine, but I don't know. I'm not loving the top of these guys here. No. I did hear a rumor about uh, the Rams kicking the tires on your boy, Isaiah Wynn. The Patriots had him as an inactive last week, so his time in New England is likely done. What a waste of a first-round pick. So. Right, well, Rams could end up grabbing him there. As far as the tight end position goes, listen, I'll... Kittle is the top guy. I don't even know if, if you need to do that. Zach Ertz, maybe against Minnesota is possible. You said Higby. Goddard is always going to be a guy in play. Like for me, the tight end position right now, I like Gesicki. Sure. I like his involvement the last two weeks. Well, I they're like trying to the, trade him. So. They're tra- featuring him, yeah. right? So feature him. 
So, so he's there. Irv Smith. I think this is a week where you can just kind of, in all honesty, I feel like you can throw away the tight end position. Would you play a Tanner? Uh, was it Tanner Hudson? I think it is. The uh, the Giants tight end here. I don't really love him, but I mean, is he any different from using Will Disley or Jelani Woods or Probably Cole Komet? Probably not. Uh, who was it? If Schultz doesn't play this week, Coop tossed out Jake Ferguson on the podcast this week. Yep. Jake um, Ferguson's definitely somebody to look at, even though Peyton Hendershot was the guy who scored. Yeah. Yeah. Ferguson scored in week six. He had six targets there. So pick one, I guess. He, he Ferguson, they drafted in the fourth round this year. So potentially a guy there if he uh, if he's good to... But yeah, there's really not... He, like, I wish Logan Thomas would just get healthy so I could just play Logan Thomas. Trotman's out. So if Juwan Johnson's hamstring's healthy enough for him on Sunday, $3,200. You run back to that. I think it's pretty probably pretty safe. It's all pretty gross, dude. That's yeah, the tight end position. So it is the tight end position. It's pretty damn gross. It is. I agree with you. All right, let's go to defense. Let's go to defense. The Cowboys against the Bears is like a no-brainer. Pricey as fuck, though. Eagles against Pittsburgh. Pricey as fuck, but still rock solid option, yep. no doubt. I think if you're looking for some interesting pay down possibilities, I like the Colts against Washington. I think that's something that you can look at. I actually like the Texans against Tennessee. Especially if if Tannehill's going to be banged up. Yeah, so the Colts are actually expensive on DraftKings. I know you're looking at FanDuel, right? So Oh, yeah, I am looking at FanDuel. Yeah, Colts are the fourth highest priced defense. Wow. Spend down, I mean, opposite of that. We don't know what Sam Ellinger is going to look like. The Commanders are 26. Yeah, yeah. If they choose to run the football a lot, maybe that doesn't put up many points on there. Yeah, the Texans are cheap. They're $2,600 as well. Giants are 2800 Let's see. The 49ers, I actually like at 3100 We talked about this before the 49ers just shut down this Rams team. Um, I know they're on the road this week and the Rams are coming off a bye, so maybe they'll be a little bit more prepared. 3100 bucks for the 49ers defense, I think, is not terrible. I'm cool with that. I'm definitely cool with that. Defense is weird this year. Like, we're either paying all the way down or we're paying all the way up. Yep. Very little in between. All right, let's build our lineup. Oh, I already got two of the most disgusting lineups possible built. One on each site. All right, well, give me your DraftKings lineup. Let's go with a mid-price Sam Ellinger. Oh, gee. You're not gonna give anybody. You're not gonna give one anybody's actually gonna use here, Howard. That's what, what are you talking about? Why? Why wouldn't you want to use that? There's zero reason to use Sam Ellinger. He's just four thousand dollars. Sam. Ellinger. Why is there zero reason? What does he have to do to pay off a four thousand dollar price tag? Enough that it can still hurt you, though. I mean, he doesn't. What's his upside? I don't know. We'll, we'll see what's the rest his upside of the is that he he rushes for thirty yards and a touchdown. He passes for one seventy eight and a touchdown, and he has an interception. Uh, I guess it's he's four K. He's probably usable. Go ahead. What's the running backs? Oh, oh, okay. Thanks. I don't. Derrick Henry and Tony Pollard. Okay. What you call it? Wait a second. Where was I on that? Three kill. Okay. Chris Olave. Michael Strawn, Jake Ferguson is my tight end, DeAndre Hopkins in the flex, and the Eagles defense. Hopkins and the Eagles. So basically, I'm throwing away QB, which you never should do. You definitely shouldn't do it. I'm throwing away QB. I'm using a min-price wide receiver, and I'm just I'm throwing away the tight end as well. And, and for may, that, and I may, get And Henry. maybe a wide receiver three. What's that? And maybe your wide receiver three. That's what I said. I'm throwing that away. I'm throwing away quarterback wide receiver three and the tight end here okay even though michael strawn is going to catch a touchdown and i'm going to laugh my ass off and i'm going to tag you in every fuck i'll, out I'll say this you better bet the anytime touchdown prop for him then 
Oh, fuck yeah. Might as well, yeah. right? Like, why not? If you're But use that nonsense and you get Henry and Pollard and Tyreek and Olave and Hopkins and the Eagles D. Sure. I did it over on, on FanDuel too. Ellinger. Yeah. Henry, Pollard, Tyreek. Went down to Philip Dorsett with Mike Strawn as the uh, as the wide receivers. Right. Kyle Pitts as the tight end. Saquon Barkley is my flex. And the Colts D. It works. It works. Let's see. Cowboy. I'll do the Eagles. I got one tight end was... Let's end flex 49. Let's see. Carry the four. Here we go. Seven yeah, times. I got it. All right. So I, mean, I have... You know, live podcast and you're sitting there like... No, I, I had it out already, but I erased it to do yours. So Henry Pollard, Waddle, Hopkins, Dorsett, Jawan Johnson, Darnell Mooney, and the Eagles defense. Yeah. Oh, I like that a lot. I like that a lot. Yep. Got Hopkins, got Waddle, got Pollard, got Henry, Tua, Darnell Mooney, Eagles defense, Juwan Johnson. Didn't have to play Ellinger or something called Michael Strock to do it. So we're there. That's, that's my lineup. Howard's got his. Any final thoughts for the people at home, Howard? No, I don't really have any final thoughts. We're going to be covering a lot of this on the Fantasy Alarm Show. So if you have the SXM app, you can go and listen to Friday's show because... I'll have I'll be going through a bunch of that playbook on Saturday morning, dartboard Saturday afternoon, and then Sunday morning you can listen to me and Fensty on SiriusXM from seven to nine a.m. And then I'll be building some lineups. And let this just be a word to everybody out there: don't ask me questions on Sunday morning. I'm just not gonna do it. I can't kill myself on Sunday. It's already I'm getting up at two o'clock in the morning to do a four a.m. fucking show. So. Stop peppering me with questions. Get your question. If you have a question that you want answered by me, put it in the Discord or send it to me on Twitter. But if it has to be in by midnight Eastern time on Saturday night. Yep. If you want your answers, your questions answered live, myself and James Grande will be on the live stream this, this Sunday from 9 to 11. So Ooh. listen to Howard and Fenstey 7 and 9. Turn over to the Discord, get into our YouTube channel, watch Grande and myself break down the slate as well, get some of your Sarkset questions answered over there. So we got a full day's worth of coverage for Sunday. The example lineups will be out on Sunday. Saturday, we'll have the playbook and the dartboard out for everybody as well. So check all the content out, get in Discord. Howard and I will catch you guys next week.